You'd think that as a video game podcaster and comedian, my life is all fun and games. And honestly, you'd be right. About 90% of the time, it's, it's pretty sweet. But every morning, I deal with something very, very serious. My face. You don't become an Edmonton 6 overnight. It takes work. And in my case, it takes good facial hair. And fortunately, I have a great facial hair tag team partner in Harry's. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set and see what I'm talking about. Harry saw the tire fire that the shaving market had become and asked, how did it get like this? Crappy plastic razors, overpriced blades, all locked up like gold bars. And they said, no, we... We can fix this. And damn it, they did. Harry's ships premium quality razors right to your door. About once a month, I check my mail and there's that little box with everything I need to keep my kid presentable status. The blades stay sharp longer, which means an easier time getting my face in order in the morning. And the razors don't look like a dumb piece of plastic that a junior high schooler uses to take care of their peach fuzz. You have the facial hair of a man now. Shave like one. I actually leave my razor handle on the bathroom counter all the time just because it looks so damn classy. Harry's blades are German engineered and they're made to last. They're the best blades on the market for the best price and you don't even have to go out to get them. Set your delivery schedule and shave like a king. I know it sounds sarcastic, but I'm being serious. I've used Harry's forever. These blades are really freaking good. Highest reviews in the industry. A money back guarantee that you're not going to need and a subscription that you can cancel anytime you want. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 199. I feel like that's a milestone episode and I know it isn't. And I was like, I was ready to be like the penultimate episode, but that would mean... That episode 200 next week is the final episode. And it is, but I haven't told anybody that yet. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I I can't. There's nobody else on the planet that's going to listen to me talk about video games uh, like all of you nerds. I can't get rid of that. I can't. I can't quit all of you. I can't. I can quit some of you. So, oh, boy. Some of you I could fucking quit, but I can't quit all of you. Anyway, so uh, it's not the penultimate episode. I don't know what it is. It's just episode 199. I guess it's not a fucking milestone at all. Uh, But this week it is one of our patent pending pending episodes uh, because see the patent isn't pending yet, but it will be. So it's patent pending pending. Uh, Patreon poll winning episodes will recover a game that you the members of this misfit community of ours wanted a podcast about, but that I've never played before. And this time around, we're going to the Sega Genesis and we're talking the castle of illusion starring Mickey mouse. And admittedly, uh, I went into this game with pretty low expectations. I figured it would just be another color by numbers platformer with a big name character slapped on the cover to make up for the crappy game that's sitting in the box. And on top of all that, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a Mickey mouse fan. I don't know why. Not for me. Just a little bastard kind of creeps me out a bit. I'm a Donald Duck guy. No, I'm, I'm, 
the proud Donald Duck guy. Mickey Mouse, eh, acquired taste, I guess. So anyway, so I went into this game expecting it to suck. And then I started reading reviews and people were like, this game is awesome. We love this game. And so it started, I got curious. And then I finally sat down and fired it up on my Sega Genesis Classic. And uh, I don't know if I would go as far as to say this game is awesome. I don't think it's in that S tier of Genesis games like Streets of Rage, or pardon me, yeah, Streets of Rage 2, Gunstar Heroes, Toe Jam and Earl. I don't put it in that class, um, but it's okay. It was it was good. It was it was better than I expected, to be honest. And that's uh, that's why this episode exists so that I can explain why I think it's just really quite very good. I. I really am just a little shocked that it's held in like such as incredibly high regards by some Sega fans, but that's whatever. That's fine. It's, it's, oh boy, we're going to get into it. It's just really quite very good. You know, uh, it's fine. So I'm solo this week on the show. I was trying to line up a conversation with a friend of mine about this game, uh, but she has a real job, not like me. And we just weren't able to lock it down. And honestly, like there's just, there's not, if you've never played this game, there's not a ton of meat on the Mickey Mouse bone here. I don't think this is going to be the longest episode we've ever done. of remember the game, but it should, it should be okay. So I'm going to roll by myself and I'm going to explain why Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse is really quite pretty very good and we're gonna get there in just a minute because speaking of being quite really very pretty good it's time for yet another edition of the remember the game infamous intro baby <laughs> if you're new to the podcast welcome aboard consider this your warning our intros are kind of long but they're fun our our intros don't su- our intros are like the first how the fuck am I going to compare this to Mickey Mouse? Oh, dude, you know what our intros are? It's like waiting in line to get into Disneyland. And it's like, it kind of sucks. But like, you can have some fun. You can make jokes with your friends. You can crop dust the little kids that are standing around. And you can, you know, wait for the mushrooms to kick in. or whatever. And you just have a good time. You just wait for the good stuff. I don't know. Most weeks, I have like a nice little segue cuter for the intro. I dropped the ball on this one. So I don't know. Our intros aren't like anything except a fucking long podcast intro. So if you're not interested in that, Skip ahead about 30 minutes and you'll be into the episode. But I recommend hanging around because we talk about video games and stuff. Our intro is actually not shitty. Um, well, okay. So, like, I have to do the self-promo stuff and that maybe is a little bit shitty. But I just got to get out of the way once. And then we talk about video games and stuff like that. Uh, we have merchandise, hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, all kind of sweet stuff. Rocking uh, art drawn by my man Joe over at 4545creative.com. Show him some love. And if you want to check out our merchandise, you can find it all at RememberTheGamePodcast.com. If you are interested, it is a great way to support Remember the Game Industries. And if you're like, dude, I don't wear clothes. Not for me. That's fine. I support that. You can just always throw a couple of bucks at us on Patreon. For just two bucks a month, you get two additional podcasts every week. You get exclusive access to both my gaming news show every Friday, Game Patch, where I look at all the biggest news in modern video games and I add in my opinions and some profanity and stuff. And you also get access to Expansion Pass every Thursday, which is a different show each week. We do uh, rankings. We look back at characters, specific consoles. We do some comedy episodes. There's modern game reviews. Uh, this past week on Expansion Pass, I actually did a ranking and I ranked all the Simpsons video games that I've played over the years. I think most of you at this point know I'm a pretty big Simpsons fan and I've played most of their video games. Not all, but most. So I, I broke them down. I told you which ones suck, which admittedly are most of them. I told you which ones don't suck, which are special because they're non-shitty Simpsons games. Uh, and as is becoming tradition during the intro here, this is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, ranking the Simpsons video games. 
Uh, number nine on my list is uh, Krusty's Funhouse. And th that was released on a ton of stuff. NES, SNES, Genesis. I think it was on the Game Gear. It was on a whole bunch of consoles. Uh, we owned Krusty's Funhouse when I was a kid on the NES. We had the NES version. And it's, it's, it's not the greatest puzzle game you've ever played, but I think it's actually kind of fun. Now, the one thing is like, I think it's maybe like a less shitty Mario is missing. Cause I think people bought Mario is missing thinking it was a Mario game and then finding out it was like a shitty educational game. I think people probably bought Krusty's fun house thinking that it would be like a platformer with Krusty. And it turns out like, no, it's a puzzle game. But that said, it's not, it's certainly not as boring and shitty as Mario is missing. Like it's a, it's a half decent puzzle game. So that's now available in our archives. And this week for expansion pass number 112, I can't believe I'm saying these words, but we're talking about the biggest disappointments in gaming. And if you're wondering why am I shocked that I'm saying those words, our patrons get to pick the final expansion pass topic each month. And biggest gaming disappointments has been a runner up on every topic poll for about a year or so. And it finally reached the summit this month admittedly i'm a little disappointed in all of you that voted for it because it finally got over that hump but uh tomorrow we're gonna look at the biggest disappointments in video games and in my voice by the way my voice sounds crackier than normal uh my allergies are just sodomizing me this morning so uh yeah i i am more stuffy than normal so hello anyway uh again two bucks Get you two additional podcasts every week. You also get instant access to over 200 archived episodes. Plus, you get access to our Remember the Game Discord, which is fucking growing as almost as quickly as the podcast is. You get a chance to vote in our Patreon poll at the beginning of every month. You get the ability to submit comments to be read across all of our podcasts. And you're going to get a shout out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to all of our newest patrons. Oh, actually, I think I'm going to get most of these ones right. Here we go. Shane Barker, Vet for Hire. You lick my butt. I get it. Yeah, I, I lick your butt. Uh, fuck. I never even caught that until I said that. IR Jackal, Mike Ferdinand, Dev Love X, Alan McCrary, Alex Wilson, Esperante Gamer, es Esperante Gamer, Clarence Finn, Anthony M, Robert Washburn, Will Friend, Joe Wall Street, Wild Boy, <laughs> Wild Boy Wilden, Therand, Justin Lopez, Joshua Pickford, AOL Splat OO, Green Nolan, Christian Savage, Jamie, Joel, Squeaknuts, Gordon Fiscum, Isaias? Is I, I actually, dude, you know how I'm getting old? I had to like zoot, like lean forward and look at my computer. Like, does that say Isaias? Isaias? And Thomas Bridgeforth. I'm guaranteeing you I fucked up a whole bunch of those. But regardless, thank you all so much for the support. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash remember the game. And please don't forget, 5% of our Patreon every month is going to be donated to our Remember the Children 24-hour charity stream at the end of the year for the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton. So not only are you supporting the little guy and get a whole bunch of extra podcasts to listen to when you don't want to listen to your spouse or your kids or whatever, uh, but you're throwing a little bit of money at the kids too. So it's just wins all around. Patreon.com slash remember the game. And if you're interested, you can find me over on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash member the game, not remember. I don't know who the fuck that is, but member the game. I'm on there a couple of nights a week, just hanging out. You can look at my nose and tell me why I'm wrong with whatever I've said. And it's lots of fun. All right. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you. Let's blow in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment Blowing in the Cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Ah. 
Let's blow our first blower this week is GC Freak 898 who wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, are you ready for the big 200th episode next week? No. No, I am not, Freak. I am not even close. I will say, just in case anyone is wondering, next week is Remember the Game number 200, and because uh, that comes after 199, you see. And uh, we're talking Final Fantasy Tactics, arguably the most requested game we've had on this podcast since I launched this show almost four years ago. And uh, we do have the game chat portion of that episode recorded, and we went for about an hour and a half. And that doesn't include the infamous intro, and I guarantee you I'm going to be just sucking my own ass all over that podcast because it's episode 200. Uh, so get comfy, kids, because next week, episode 200 is going to be... It is going to be a jumbo, a jumbo episode of Remember the Game. But no, to answer your question, Freak, I'm not even close to ready. But hopefully seven days from now I will be. Uh, thanks for writing in, buddy. Ghost of Johnny Drip Drip. Thank fuck, I hate that gimmick. Uh, wrestling fans know. Wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, as a fellow wrestling fan, I was wondering if you could tell me your favorite wrestler of all time and your favorite current wrestler. For me, it's one and the same, Edge. I will say, I am also a big Edge fan. He is fucking awesome. Uh, I would... Oh, here's this. All right, I'll just throw... I'll, I'll fucking throw down the gauntlet. I would rank Edge ahead of Bret Hart, as far as Canadian wrestlers go. And you all know... Or if you don't know, now you do know I'm not a very big Bret Hart fan, but I am a proud Canadian, and I think Edge is awesome. Uh, my favorite wrestler of all time, Johnny Drip Drip, is probably Chris Jericho, and my favorite current wrestler is probably MJF from AEW, because I love the bad guys. I love bad boys, and MJF is fucking awesome. Uh, Bucky Duck wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I know you said you're pretty burned out on RPGs, and I think you just finished Final Fantasy Tactics, but have you considered playing Triangle Strategy? Reviews looked mixed, and I think the price dropped on it already, but I've been really having a good time with it. It's a little wordy, but the decisions you make influence your path in the game, and the combat is pretty fun with a variety of characters with different abilities. Very solid. You know what, Bucky Duck? Uh, going into 2022, Triangle Strategy for the Switch was my most anticipated game this year. And then... Uh, I just got into fucking so many RPGs at once with Final Fantasy Tactics and Fable and Pokemon Gold, which I'm playing right now. Um, I just kind of burnt out on them. And I was like, I don't think I would do Triangle Strategy Justice right now because I'm just, I need, uh, I need some action games. I got to play some platformers or something. I need to get the RPG aftertaste off my tongue before I go to Triangle Strategy. But yes, I have considered it. I definitely want to play it. Probably still my most anticipated game of 2022. Um, I just need a little bit of a reset, a little bit of a palate cleanse before I hop into another RPG, but I'm definitely interested in triangle strategy. I just, that art style alone, if you guys don't know, triangle strategy is a tactical RPG that's out on the switch now. And it's got the same fucking gorgeous art style that Octopath Traveler had, but it's a tactical game and it just, Oh, it scratches me right where I itch. I've just been scratching for so long that I need to let it heal a little bit before I scratch again. That's a disgusting analogy, but it works. Uh, too old for hard mode. I fucking feel that handle in my fucking soul. Too old for hard mode wrote in and said, when someone starts a new game, especially a longer open world game, people say things like, just get through the five or six hours and then it'll pick up. I hear this a lot about Red Dead Redemption too. How much time are you willing to give a current game to get going? And how much time, if any, would you give a new to you retro game when it doesn't click right away? So yeah, I fucking hate that too. When, when like someone's telling you like, bro, you're gonna love this game. It's just the first five hours aren't very good but if you get through those then you're laughing it's like that's five hours i don't like video games that are longer than five hours five hours is the sweet spot for a game period much less the time it needs to fucking preheat the oven and get going <sighs> so anyway uh how much time am i willing to give a current game to get going it depends if i and the same goes with a, a new to me retro game as this has kind of become my job 
if I'm playing a game for the podcast, then I usually give it quite a long leash. As you guys are going to hear, like, for example, next week with Final Fantasy Tactics, I, I don't think that game is very welcoming to new players at all. And if I wasn't playing that game for the podcast, I might have said, fuck this. I really seriously. And again, not that I dislike the game, but I might've just said, fuck this because I, I found it so intimidating. But once it got going, uh, I really got into it. So if I'm playing it for the podcast, it's got about as long a leash as you can imagine, because I'm like, I I'm kind of obligated to play this game. But if it's a game, I'm just playing for myself. Um, it really depends on how excited I am to play it. Like if it's a game that I've been jonesing to play for quite a long time, like XCOM two took me a long time to get into. But once I finally did, I was like, this is pretty dope. Uh, whereas like other games, if I'm kind of on the fence about it going in, you might have like an hour tops to fucking hook me. I'm the same way with like a book. If a book doesn't grab me in the first like 15 pages, I'm like, I don't, I'm going back to watching TV. And if I want to watch, you know, movies, uh, you've got 20 minutes, uh, a series, you've got maybe one episode to hook me. And if you don't, I just, there's the, the thing is. There's just so much fucking media out there today, you know, be it books or video games or TV shows or, or movies or, or whatever. Um, that like, if something isn't for lack of a better term, if I feel like something's not respecting my time, if I'm having a hard time getting into something, I'm just like, all right, fine. Then you fuck you then. Yeah. And listen, I understand the irony of sitting here talking about this while I'm 15 minutes into a 30 plus minute intro that some people have said they hate. Fortunately, more people have come out and said they like it than hate it. That's just why for all of you that are like, why is the intro so long? You're probably not hearing this because it's in the middle of the intro that you've already skipped. But the reason the intro is so long is because some people have said that they, uh, you know, we put it up to a poll once and the majority of people were like, no, keep it's, it's foreplay. It's foreplay is fun. That's one of the fun parts. So anyway, uh, to answer your question too old for hard mode, I probably should have answered two minutes ago when I started. It completely depends on the game. If it's for the podcast, I pretty well give it until I'm done. If it's not for the podcast, uh, depends on how excited I was to play it. But I do agree. Fucking drives me crazy. And if someone comes to me and says, get through the first five hours and you'll enjoy the game. I'm, I, you've almost signed the deal that I'm never going to play your game. Like almost. Cause I'm like five hours is a lot of fucking time is currency kids. And five hours is like a hundred dollar bill. That's a lot of money. I was going to call it a brown back, but if you're not from Canada, your money isn't colored like monopoly money like ours is. But in here in Canada, our hundred dollar bills are brown. Anyway, anyway, there's, so there you go. That's the worst answer maybe I've ever given, but I hope it did the job. Thanks for writing in too old for hard mode. Dev love X wrote in and said, first time blower here. And my question to you is what do you think the worst the Nintendo franchise is? And what do you think would improve it? That's a tough question because, like, it's obviously pretty subjective. I I think the worst Nintendo franchises are the ones they don't use. And I'm looking at Star Fox. I'm looking at F-Zero. I'm looking at Punch-Out, Mother. Um, it drives me, like, I get why they constantly go to the Zelda and Mario uh, well because those are probably the two franchises, the two games that sell the most. I get it, Pokemon, you know, stuff like that. But it's like... I'm a huge F-Zero fan. Give me another F-Zero game. I want another Punch-Out game. For the love of God, bring back Mother. Uh, and don't fucking write in your emails and be like, oh, well, uh, technically, Nintendo doesn't own Mother. It's a third party, blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm trying to say. Star, okay, so, okay, so my cop-out answer is all the ones they're not using and to make them, or to improve them, I would make them make games. But if you want a real answer, if you want me to pick one that I think is their worst franchise and what do I think would improve it, I'll say Star Fox just because I'm not a big Star Fox fan as a whole. I don't really like those games. And I fucking hate Slippy. I hate that little shit so much. So much. So if you're asking me how would I improve Star Fox, I'd kill Slippy. 
And I don't mean like take him out of a game. I mean like during the game, he would be blown up and, and like you would see it. And it would be like maybe not graphic because it's Star Fox, but you there would leave no debate that fucking Slippy is no longer slipping. Like it would it would be like Fox help me, Fox, and it no more Slippy. That's and oh yeah, that would get my then I'd be interested in Star Fox. So there you go. That's how I would uh, that's how I would improve the worst franchise. I would kill Slippy from Star Fox. Uh, that was a fun question. Good, good job, Dev Love. Uh, Chris Coplin wrote in and said, "Long time Patreon, third time posting this week. I respect the honesty, Chris. Uh, what are your rules for going commando? Is it always appropriate, or other times undergarments are a requirement?" Now, this is a good question. Get comfortable, kids. We're going to talk about this for a little while. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I just sat back in my chair, but I'm like, I don't have a lot to say about this. Uh, what are my rules for going commando? Is it always appropriate? It is mostly always appropriate, except when there's a zipper involved. I would, that would be my kind of, unre- like, I'm very fortunate to have a job where I spend most of the day in my house working from home, and I'm usually wearing basketball shorts, uh, sw- straight up, like, uh, right now, I'm wearing, like, like a bathing suit. Like, I'm wearing, like, swimming shorts with that gray, meshy underwear in them. I'm wearing that right now. Oh, it's so good. Uh, or I'm wearing sweatpants. And whenever I wear any of those, I don't feel underwear is necessary. But anytime you're putting those little metal jagged teeth in front of uh, Little Blank, no, no. Underwear is a is a safety. It's a safe, It's like wearing a helmet when you ride a bike. You know, wear underwear when you got a zipper in front of you. But otherwise, yeah, I think underwear is overrated. So there you go. I can't believe it took 199 episodes for somebody to write in and ask me what kind of underwear I wear or when I wear my. I guess he didn't ask what kind of underwear I wear. But, but anyway, I, it took 199 episodes to talk about underwear. I it better not take to fucking 400 episodes to bring underwear up again. Anyways. Uh, finally, before we move on from this segment, it's letter time. It's letter time. Matt Woody wrote into us and said, Dear Mr. Blank, longtime listener, not the first time commenting. I appreciate your honesty, Matt. You had mentioned over the last few podcasts how you're running out of games to play and cover while simultaneously torn between covering a game that may or may not be considered retro. Your metric of if the system it played on oh, if the system you played it on is discontinued is honestly pretty dead on to me. This would open up a lot of games to be played that are later installments of true retro games. The episodes would likely be closer to a discussion of how far the franchise has come and what it still holds at its core from the first iterations while still reviewing the game as a retro game either way love the podcast keep up the good work well thank you matt woody i i fucking i appreciate that uh in case you don't know yeah if you haven't listened to it last week remember the game number 198 we reviewed the legend of zelda link between worlds for the nintendo 3ds and i didn't take a single not one person Gave me shit for that and was like, ah, that's not even actually a retro game. Not one, and I expected some of those because I get the occasional um, blowback comment when we cover like a PS3 or an Xbox 360 game. But everyone was really chill. Everyone was just like, no, this is fine. And maybe it's just because it was Legend of Zelda and people like Legend of Zelda episodes. Uh, I do think so. Like, if you don't know, yeah, I, I was saying if the system has been discontinued, then I think it makes the cut for this podcast just kind of loosely. Uh, which is how I justify talking about a 3DS game. Um, I agree with you. It would absolutely open up a lot of later games or a lot of newer games that we could talk about here on the show. And they don't have to be. Like you mentioned how we could be talking about later installments of true retro games and talk about how far the franchise has come. And that works perfectly with a game like A Link Between Worlds, which is a sequel of a game that I think everyone considers retro being A Link to the Past on the Super Nintendo. Um, But like a couple of the more modern games we've talked about covering on the podcast are Halo 3, uh, Gears of War, 
The Last of Us, Mario Galaxy. I don't know if some people would consider those games retro in air quotes. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, like the, the console they were played on has been retired. They're officially available. They're officially in the running. They're draft eligible to get onto the show. Plus, as I said last week on the 3DS episode, if a game came out 10 years ago and someone listening to this podcast is 20 years old, then they were 10 years old when that game came out. And as far as I'm concerned, like if you're tw in your 20s and you were playing a game when you were 10 years old, you're going to look at that game as retro. You know, so just because I'm old and disgusting and almost 40 years old doesn't mean that just a game has to have been something I played as a kid to be considered retro. You know, like, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. If there's like a 13 or 14 year old listening to this podcast right now and you're like, oh, I would consider Breath of the Wild retro because I was nine when it came out. Now I'm 13. You, you can fucking stop listening to me and go back to school um, because you shouldn't be listening to this because there's too much swearing and stuff. But like, no, that's not going to make the cut. But if a system is retired. I'm I'm willing to start entertaining the odd game because it's again it's not that I'm running out of games to play and cover I am running out of games that I have played that my friends have played that I think would make a good episode of the podcast and I know that the simple solution to that is well I'll play more video games but there's only so much time in the day all right and I'm not very good at video games hence the agreeing with too old for hard mode handle so I need a little bit more time to fucking it's you know I'm slow. I'm I'm fucking slow these days. So give me a break. But I, I am getting caught up. And yeah, there you go. All right. I'm just rambling more than normal. I'm hopped up on Benadryl. This is, uh, even by my standards, this is a rambly episode. Good enough. Thank you for the message, Matt Woody. Thank you to everyone that wrote in and blew me in the cartridge. Blew, blew me. Blew the cartridge this week. Uh, let's change things up and get into the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I give our patrons three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game. The third game is a race from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get there in a minute. Actually, for the record, there is a fucking wrong answer this week. And I'll explain what that is in a second, too. Uh, we're talking a Disney game this week with that stupid mouse, Mickey. So I went with three more cartoon character-centric games. We've got The World of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck for the Sega Genesis, Tiny Toons Buster Busts Loose for the Super Nintendo, and Bugs Bunny Lost in Time for the original PlayStation. Uh, and with 37% of the vote, play Buster Busts Loose, remake Bugs Bunny Lost in Time, and erase World of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, too long a name by the way, came out on top. 37% said that. And just quickly, remember I said that there is an actual wrong answer this week? Anybody erasing Buster Busts Loose is on double secret probation, just by default. I, I don't care if you play it or you remake it, but anyone erasing Tiny Toons when society has already done that franchise a disservice by erasing it, you're on double secret probation by default. Jesus Christ, grow up and love some Tiny Toons. So let's see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. Uh, Phil McCracken wrote in and said, Erase Lost in Time, Remake World of Illusion, Play Buster Bustin' Loose, Bustin' Makes Me Feel Good. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, Phil McCracken. I almost didn't read your comment because I was like, ah, I mean, he went right to the, he went right to the fucking, 
to the, I'm, I respect people that write into play one, remake one, erase one, and just get right to the point. I'm all for that. But I was like, ah, you kind of just went with the same order that a lot of other people did. But the fact that you dropped the busted makes me feel good. It won't get read ever again. For all of you, because every time I say something like this, I'm like, oh, if you put a first time writer in, it's probably going to get read. But now everybody does it. And if I, there was a point where I was like, if you sneak in a Simpsons quote or you drop a Turtles reference, it's probably going to get read. But now everybody does it. So I'm just saying right now, dropping a Ghostbusters reference probably will not get you read in future episodes. But it did work for film mccracken so congratulations phil and your full crack mike peace wrote in and said i remember buster busts loose being decent and it was the only one of these that i've played so i feel it's safe to play it again lost in time looks interesting but dated so we'll give that the remake treatment then delete world of illusion because someone has to die and the genesis sacrifice always suffices i can't believe i said that prop genesis sacrifice always suffices um i do think there's a little bit of an anti-sega genesis bias in our community at times. And I, I I get it. I get it. It lost. It I'm not dunking on the Genesis, but you lost the console wars. And you're always gonna have the stink of being the loser. It's I so sometimes that's what's gonna happen. Sometimes Genesis Mike said it best. Genesis sacrifices always suffice. Well said, Mike. Well said. Nicole Novak wrote in and said, I am playing World of Illusion because I'm a huge Disney fan. I am remaking Bugs Bunny Lost in Time because it just sounds fun. And I am erasing Buster Bust Loose because the name is a tongue twister. Actually, I'm erasing it because it sounds kind of childish. You know what's really fucking childish? You, Nicole. Double secret probation. Nobody erase it. Tiny Toons was so good. I don't understand how that franchise... I would kill Looney Tunes off and just roll Tiny Toons if I had the pencil. So I'm sorry to do it, Nicole, but double secret probation. You don't throw disrespect at goddamn Tiny Toons. Not on my fucking watch. Johan Mejia wrote in and said, I gotta say, Tiny Toons rules, man. That game is great how it is, even with the weird jumping. So I'd play that one. I'd remake World of Illusion because it would look awesome in the Nintendo Switch and they could fix some of the stuff that would make it at least a 9 out of 10. I don't know. 9 out of 10 for World of Illusion? I don't know, Johan. Uh, and then they finished off by saying, and Bugs Bunny, I love you, but that game wasn't great. I think the 3D style is what messed it up. Just saying. So I agree with that. But I, So you're saying if World of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck was remade on the Nintendo Switch, you could make it into a 9 out of 10? I refuse to give anything with Mickey Mouse in it a 9 out of 10. I, oh, I hate that fucking mouse. He's just a little, he's a little creep. Anyways, not on Double Secret Probation because he didn't raise Tiny Toons, but I, fuck, I hate Mickey Mouse. Uh, Sukasa 7 wrote in and said, let's see if my comments will redeem myself out of Double Secret Probation. Uh, just for the record, Sukasa, you can't, once you're on Double Secret Probation, there's no getting off of it. You're just there forever. Uh, I'll play Buster Busts Loose. It had, or had it as a kid and I always loved it. I truly believe remaking it will lose its magic. Let's face it. Not everything is better when it gets a remake. I will remake World of Illusion. I've never played this title, but the remake of Castle of Illusion was amazing. I'll erase Bugs Bunny Lost in Time. While I also never played this title, my personal opinion is Sheep Raider may be the only good PS1 era Looney Tunes game. I didn't know there was a game called Sheep Raider. I'm learning shit on this episode. All right, fair enough. I didn't know there was a game called Sheep Raider. I'll have to check that out. Uh, and keep the change, you filthy animal wrote in and said, hey, Adam, first time poster for real. I like that people have to put that in now because everyone's abusing the system. 
keep the change said I would play Buster Bust Loose I rented the shit out of this game back in the day I remember loving running up the walls with Buster good times the football level is awesome as well I would remake World of Illusion I would play this at my buddy's house who has a Genesis the one always one kid who had a Genesis and I remember it being fun but the controls were kind of weak a revamp would, would do well for this game and finally I would erase Lost in Time I never had a PS1 so I don't know anything about it for all I care it can kick rocks keep doing what you're doing love the podcast I can't believe you would come up in here and i'm not like a diehard ps1 fan it's not like i'm offended but i can't believe you're gonna come up in here and throw shade at the ps1 it can kick rocks holy christ keep the change of filthy animal that's you fucking people you fucking people need to learn a little bit of respect all right i'll be goddamned if you're gonna slowly remember the game number 200 next week with takes like tiny tunes is childish the playstation one can kick rocks not and mickey mouse castle of illusion would be a nine out of ten on the switch that shit's no no not maybe episode 199 when i'm high on benadryl not episode 200 when i'm high on life that's not gonna fucking happen so get it out of your system now because i'm warning you all next week Anyway, 15% of you went the same way that I did this week, um, including Mike Ferdinand, who wrote in and said, first time Patreon, and I want to thank you for the massive backlog of episodes that continue to bring me back to my childhood. Keep up the good work. I would play Bugs Bunny Lost in Time because I never played it. I would remake Buster Butts Loose. If for nothing else, remake it for the football level. And I would erase World of Illusion because it's Disney. Living in Florida, I'm sick of all things Disney. Speaking of Florida, I love the fact that you're randomly a Rays fan. Go Rays. I'm not going to lie to you, Mike Ferdinand. I mean, you got red because you had the same order as me, but there were other people that had the same order as me. You got red because you shouted out the Rays. Go fucking raise, baby. Uh, I have the same logic. I would play Bugs Bunny Lost in Time because I never have, and I like Bugs Bunny. Dude, Bugs Bunny Birthday Blowout and Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle are both okay games. I don't give a shit what you say. Those games are okay. So I have good experiences with Bugs Bunny in video games. So I'll play Bugs Bunny Lost in Time. Uh, I'm going to remake Tiny Toons Buster Bust Loose because it's awesome. And I'm going to remake it surely on the hope that maybe it uh, kickstarts a revitalization of the Tiny Toons franchise as a whole, which will be good for everybody. And then I'm going to erase uh, World of Illusion because as much as I liked on dunk duck dunk as much as i like donald duck it is trumped by my hatred of mickey mouse thanks for playing everybody what have i been up to over the last seven days and we'll get into talking castle of illusion uh i've been playing pokemon gold on my 3ds getting ready for an episode about it i finally got my goddamn magikarp to evolve so now now we're playing with gas and uh, i'm really enjoying it actually i i'm really digging pokemon gold a lot uh, and I'm the, and I'm like a, a middle-of-the-road Pokemon fan, but I've really enjoyed gold so far. I'm also playing WWE 2K22. I've only played the Rey Mysterio mode in it so far, but it's really good. Uh, and then I'm playing Splinter Cell for the original Xbox as it won May's Patreon poll. And I'm not uh, super into it yet, uh, but it's fun. I'm really digging it. So, so far, so good. And we'll see what the rest of it has to hold. You'll get an episode on that sometime in June. That's what I've been playing. Let's talk Castle of Illusion star and Mickey Mouse. That is why you're here. As you know, I like to give our listeners a chance to sound off on the games that they are going to, or sound off on the game we're talking about before my guest and I hog the microphone. And this, I guess in this week, I hog the microphone. Joe Wall Street wrote into us and said, this might sound a wee bit controversial, but Castle of Illusion remains one of my top five best Genesis experiences I've ever had and probably the number one best platformer. I've played on the Genesis. You know what, Joe Wall Street? That is a controversial take, 100%. But as you're going to hear on the in the game chat portion of this, it's not. I would not put Castle of Illusion in my top five Genesis experiences, but I, I think it's a better platformer than Sonic 2. 
I just, whoa, boy. So you and I are in this together, Joe Wall Street. We're fucking in this together. Uh, Ham and Egger wrote in and said, I have such great memories from this game. I really enjoyed the mechanics and those wonderful 16-bit graphics. I've been looking forward to this episode ever since you first mentioned doing it. Well, thanks, Ham and Egger. I hope that uh, I hope it lives up to your expectations. I, yes, the graphics in this game are just... You all know, I have a fetish for Sega Genesis graphics. They're fucking... Oh, my God, they're so good. Uh... Yeah, I agree with you. I think this game fucking looks great. I think it looks better than it plays, frankly. But it's 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 good. You hear? I'm gonna I'll be talking by myself soon. Let me just shut up and read a couple of your comments. Slump Buster wrote in and said, "Love this game as a youngster playing on the neighbor kids Genesis. Even back then, I would bore my friends with useless Disney trivia as we battled Miserable. Oh my God, is that the name of the villain, Miserable? Miserable? Mis like miserable? Miserable? I just got that. What? Miserable? Oh, oh my god puppy because get it it's like miserable miserable my dog's looking at me like i'm an idiot i am an idiot i didn't oh my god i just got that wow uh whew, i need to i need to i need to smoke uh <laughs> i don't smoke shut up Slumbuster says uh cont continues uh, i can't help but realize capcom's influence on the game before the superior mickey's magical quest series came to the snes and made me a made me capcom once again, see, Slump Buster, you were fucking good with the Miserable logic that I never caught before. But then you come in here and drop a semen reference and fucking taint the innocence of my podcast. Uh, Oroku Saki's gar Gardener, I fucking love that handle, said this was my brother's rental choice one weekend. And I remember that I played it, enjoyed it, but talked mad shit about it being Mucky Mickey Mouse and therefore a baby game. I also had to clown on my brother's choice because that's what brothers do. I plan on giving it a fair shot now that I'm somewhat more mature than I was back then. You know what? I never would have rented this as a kid, not only because I didn't have a Genesis, but because it was Mickey Mouse. So I get where you're coming from, Oroku Saki's Gardener. Uh, it's 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 worth playing. You're about to hear it. It's, it's worth a playthrough today. It's a surprisingly decent game. Uh, and Jesse Clark gets the last word, wrote in and said, love it, own it, haven't played it in quite some time, but I'm sure after the podcast, I'll slap it in and enjoy the hell out of it again. I might even play it before the podcast. Well, the great thing about this game, Jesse, is if you know how to beat it, you can beat it in like fucking 30 minutes. It's probably shorter than the goddamn infamous intro is, which is a good thing. Fuck you, games that say you need five hours to get good. I don't know. Fuck that noise. Shout out to Mickey Mouse. It just gets going right away. And it's speaking of getting going right away, I should have done that 30 minutes ago. Let's get talking, Mickey Mouse. That's why you're here. Uh, I'm rolling alone this week, so I'm going to queue up some music. And when it stops, I'm going to talk about The Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse for the Sega Genesis, which originally released in North America in December of 1990, when I was just a wee little eight-year-old. Holy fuck, that's a long time ago. Eight, or was I seven? No, I was eight. Yeah, I was eight. Anyway, uh, enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting's a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly, I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And BetterHelp is a great way to go about it. 
I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash RememberTheGame. Okay, I have taken like four fucking attempts. I have been trying to record this game chat portion of this episode since like Saturday afternoon. And as I'm sitting here recording this, it is Tuesday, May 24th at 2.51 p.m., 2.52 p.m. Mountain Time slash Adam Standard Schedule. This episode goes live in eight hours, and I'm just now sitting down to record this Mickey Mouse chat. And it's not because I don't like this game. It's just been like... I don't know how much there is to say about it. And you know what? Remember there was a time for you long time. Remember the gamers? Our early episodes were like 25 minutes long. And it was, that's the whole shebang. That is a little bit of an intro and then the game chat and then the outro. And it was like fucking quick and easy and done. And like the episodes aren't like that anymore. That said, I don't expect this one to be like an hour long game chat because I'm not going to make the fucking game chat longer than the game we're talking about. We have done that on occasion. That's not happening this time. I don't think. And the thing about Mickey Mouse, the Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse, or fuck, why does it have to be starring? Why can't it be like Mickey Mouse's Castle of Illusion? I, I assume that's just like a deal they had to cut with Disney, but the thing about this game is like I'm and listen I'm not about to shit all over this game I like this game I thought this game is just fine but there's just the the bone has very very little meat on it there's five levels there's no alternate endings there's no alternate playable characters there's not really any power-ups to do that's this is this is a game that you would rent in a weekend beat it in a weekend be like that was fun and then never play this fucking game again so I'm going to do my absolute best to make an actual discussion out of this by myself, by the way. Well, I'm high on Benadryl because it's fucking allergy season and I'm one of the cool kids that has allergies. All of you kids out there with that aren't allergic to the grass and the pollen, you don't know what you're missing out on. Sure, you can go outside and play, but you don't get to take Benadryl and sit inside and not play. Anyways, um... Where do I start with it? I guess, okay, so I guess where I want to start with this game is that, like, it was better than I expected it to be. And I've seen some people say that, like, this is a top five game on the Sega Genesis. And I'm not mocking you. I know it sounded like I was mocking you by saying, top five. It's, I just, I'm like, is it? Because I know very little of the Sega Genesis library. And I can, like, Streets of Rage 2, Shining Force, Toji Minoru. Gunstar Heroes, Sonic 2. I Just those five games, I think, are better than Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. That said, all right, now that I've thrown that out there, just let me say, first of all, like this is not a bad video. It's a simple video game, but obviously your target demographic when your Mickey Mouse is on the fucking cover is not like the Soulsborne group. Like it's, you're looking for kids 
An easy game is fun. I like Little Mermaid on the NES. Make fun of me if you want. I don't give a shit. That's a fun game. And I beat that game the first time I ever played it in like 45 minutes. It's nothing wrong with having an easy game. I'm just saying that like, I don't, I wouldn't consider the Little Mermaid a top five NES game. And I don't think I would consider this a top five Genesis game, even in my limited experience with the Genesis. That said, my hot take that I teased when I was reading off listener comments about this game, um, I do think this is a better platformer than Sonic the Hedgehog is. I don't think it's a better game than Sonic. Don't fucking come at me, all you Sagites, and be like, I can't believe you know you Mickey Mouse is better than Sonic. That's not what I'm saying. I just think the plat. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. The platforming in Sonic the Hedgehog sucks. It just does. They're fun games, but they're fucking gimmicks. And I've gone down this road and I've taken shit from people. How the fuck do we get on to Sonic? We're supposed to be talking Mickey Mouse. But that's the point. Is like they're not platformers. They're gimmicky games, and they're fine. They're fun, but they're gimmicky games. This is a tried and true platformer. Tried and and like it's an easy platformer, but it's a platformer. And I really do think. It's a little bit better of a platformer than Sonic. The thing about this game is it doesn't play like a cheap half-ass platformer with a Mickey the Mouse skin put on top of the main character. And what I mean by that is like, and like, and there are like Chippendale Rescue Rangers, DuckTales, Little Mermaid. There are some good platforming games with big name characters on them, but there's also the shit ones, right? And we've all played some of those garbage platformers. I don't think that's what this is. I don't feel like this was a platformer they made and then they were like, this sucks. Let's throw a fucking big name character on it uh, to sell a few extra copies. I really feel like this was built the ground up to be a Mickey Mouse game. And maybe I'm wrong. You guys know no homework done around here. But I feel like this was built from the ground up to be a Mickey Mouse game. And so the first thing I would like to point out about it is uh, like it looks stunning it is a really really good looking video game like and and i mean you all know i talked about this in the intro i have a major fetish for sega genesis games just as a whole as far as the graphical capabilities of the genesis goes i and it's so fucking weird because like the genesis and the super nintendo i know they're not the exact same consoles but like they're they're pretty close let's call a spade a spade like they're they're if you had to pick one out of the out of a lineup, you could mistake one for the other. But for some reason, so many Sega Genesis games just look better. Maybe it's the blast processing. I don't fucking know. And I'm looking at this game and I'm like, this is just another example of games that we didn't get on the Super Nintendo. And I know we got Mickey Mouse games and blah, 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 blah. But I look at this one and I'm like, this looks so much like a cartoon. So much like a fucking, like a, like a Disney movie. Like it's just, the backgrounds are charming. The foregrounds are charming. The enemies are a little bit cheap at times, but they're neat. The bosses are cool. Mickey looks fucking great. Like it's a really, really good looking video game. And that has always been one of the things about the Genesis that I love and respect the most is not every time, because I'm fucking looking at you, Echo the Dolphin. But every time I play something good on the Sega Genesis, I'm like, I just, it's just fun. I love the Genesis controller. I love the way it just feels like a giant toy in your hands. And I don't think it's super precise, but I also think that's okay. And I think it works really well. And I love the way the Genesis load up screen like that Sega. And it looks nice and it sounds nice. And I just... I don't know if what I'm trying to say even makes sense, but this game just looks like a Genesis game. And I mean that in like the highest of praise. I do wonder why this game is so highly praised. Maybe it's just a game that everybody played when they were kids because Mickey Mouse was on the cover. I don't know because I'm like, this is certainly far from the best that this, uh, the Sega Genesis has to offer, in my opinion. Um, but it was fine. 
I thought, you know what this is? This, and and this is a compliment. This is the, the highest of praise. This game plays like an NES game on the Sega Genesis because the jumps feel very floaty, but they feel mostly dialed in. There's a couple of moments which we're going to get into. Um, the game feels very basic. It's really slow, which is actually one of my biggest criticisms of it. And we'll get there in just a second. It is fucking slow, but it plays like an NES, like a Chippendale Rescue Rangers or like a DuckTales. It plays like them, but with the fucking sexy new 16-bit blast processing, Sega does what Nintendo don't uh, graphics. And so that alone, like I, I went into this game expecting like a 6 out of 10. And by the time I finished it, I was like that. I don't, I mean, I'll figure out a score when it's time to score it. But I was like, that was better than a 6 out of 10. Uh, one of my big complaints. And so, oh yeah, quickly, I guess just to explain the plot, not that it fucking matters. If you've never played it, Mickey and Minnie are going for a romp in the hay. And then, uh, oh fuck. What's the name of the witch? I just read this in the intro, in the intro, uh, Ms. Ms. Rebel, miserable, Ms. Rebel, Ms. Rebel, uh, like kidnap Minnie. And then she was like, I'm going to be pretty like Minnie or fucking something. I, I, maybe she just is attracted to Mickey. I don't fucking know. But anyway, so then Mickey has to go to this castle and get seven crystals back. Uh, that apparently is what he needs to save Minnie. That's, it doesn't even matter. Like, it's like a Mario game. The storyline doesn't fucking matter, but that is your storyline, basically. I will say, I think the castle mechanic uh, is kind of clever because it gives Mickey a chance to go from, like, fucking, he's in, like, a haunted forest, and then he's in, like, a fucking toy box, and then he's in a library with giant bottles of milk, and then he's in a castle, and it, like, and it makes sense. The way you go from, like, one area to another, it's like, oh, well, he's in a castle of illusion. That, I was like, that's actually quite clever. That fucking, I get it. That works out. Um, that said, like, so there, there's your plot. Uh, one of my big complaints with this game is that it's just so fucking slow. I guarantee you, not everybody, but I would lay dollars to donuts that a big, big chunk of the people listening to this episode right now, at some point have played uh, Mario Brothers or a, a similar fucking style of platformer with somebody that doesn't run. Like with somebody that just walks. And it is, it is, it, it ooh, I, oh, fuck. If you're one of those people, if you, listen, I get that you need to learn how to walk before you learn how to run. But like, in real life, the difference between walking and running is a little tricky because you got to move your feet faster and stay upright and not fall over and keep an eye on where you're going. And although I still haven't mastered running, I get it in real life, but you're playing a video game. The difference between walking and running is holding the B button. And I, I yeah, and the Sega Genesis has three buttons. You don't even need all three. They don't even all do anything. Why the fuck isn't one of them a run button? That is probably my single biggest gripe with this game i can look past the shortness i can look past the simplicity of it i can even look past the fact that i have to play as mickey and i don't care for mickey there's some cheap deaths in this that i'm gonna get into which i uh, admittedly they pissed me off but I, <laughs> excuse me i'm choking on my own rage here but i can get past all of that but why the fuck is there not a run button you don't design a platformer without a run button it is just fucking torture and if you've never played this game i'm not trying to convince you not to play it and it's pretty accessible it's on the sega genesis mini and not like you don't have to go under the hood of the sega genesis mini and make it on there it's just on there which i will say also shout out to sega for getting this game on the sega genesis mini because fucking i mean you all if you don't know uh i hate the playstation mini it's great once you tinker under the hood and make it usable 
But like Sony shit the bed hard on that classic console. And I, I've said it many times. I think the Sega Genesis Classic is the best of all the mini consoles. And this is a prime example. Like they would have, this is a licensed game and they would have like, yeah, we'll, we'll get off our wallets. We'll pay a little bit of money. We'll get the rights to this to put it on here. Uh, so shout out to them for that. And I really do find that games run well on the Genesis Mini. They're a lot of fun to play. So that's where I was going to go. Is like, don't, lo don't let my ranting about not being able to run scare you off from playing this. Because I don't have many other gripes. I have a couple other little ones I'm going to get into. But for the most part, I like this game. It's just like, it is, imagine playing Super Mario Brothers and never running. That's how this game plays all the time you can't run now the jumping works if you try to play the original super mario bros without running and then you try jump i don't is it fair to compare a mickey mouse platformer to super mario brothers i don't know um but we're going to anyway like when you're playing like a game or even sonic sonic's a great example too dude what the i just thought of that what the fuck it literally is on the console where the whole marketing gimmick of the console is that we have the fastest game and we also have the slowest game and mickey mouse like the jumping is great. He gets a ton of, like, Mickey, Mickey fucking, like, white men can't jump, but Mickey Mouse can. Like, Mickey gets some air underneath him. The jumping is really good. He gets a far distance. He's really floaty. The jumping feels great. It's not one of those games where, like, if you don't have any momentum going, the jumping isn't going to work. The jumping still works, but fuck me, is it ever slow to get from jump to jump. It is, I actually, here's a pro tip for anyone playing this game. Jump all the time. I actually found it more playable. And there's one part in, I think, the third level uh, where you're in like, um, I'm not sure where you are, if it's like a temple or something, but water is like rushing in from the left. And then it like, so it comes up and then it goes back down and it rises up and then it goes back down. And when it rises up, if you're standing on the ground, the water will fuck you up. It'll pull you back and do damage. So you're constantly getting like, you have to get up on like a platform and let the water do its thing underneath you. And then you can keep going. And there's one part, and honestly, it's probably the hardest part of the game for me. Um, where you have to go in like this really long, narrow stretch and there's no platforms above you to jump onto. And so forever, I was like, well, dude, I wait for that water. And as soon as the water starts going back down, I drop down to the ground and there's no run button. So I just let Mickey casually fucking walk with that shitty grin on his face, hoping that the water will pick him up and carry him back. And it was impossible to get to the next platform. You have to jump onto to get out of the fucking water. But then eventually I realized like, if you just jump all the time, it speeds Mickey up by like 25%. So there's your pro tip. If you've never played this game, every time you get to a spot where you're in a tight pinch or whatever and you and you need Mickey to move his ass just a little bit, just do a bunch of like short jumps and he'll go so much faster. It was a, oh fuck, I don't, it was like right here in all caps in my notes. Why is there no run button? Fucking drives me insane. Uh, another one of the gripes I have with this game, that's my biggest one. Now we're gonna do a couple more of the little ones then we're gonna get in all the good stuff. Uh... Another one of my tiny gripes with this game is there's some cheap deaths. And I know that I have a reputation of like, no matter what kills me and no matter how uncheap it was, I was like, oh, that's fucking so cheap. I know that I'm that guy. I'll never deny my cheap, my, my hatred of cheapness. Uh, but this game does have some of those fucking deaths where like you're jumping from platform to platform and you're above like a giant pit. So you can't fall. You've got to stay on these platforms. And when you fucking jump, it, it Oh, as soon as you fucking trigger that jump mechanic, here comes a bat that you didn't know was coming. And then unless you've got apples or whatever it is to fucking shoot at him, or you're quick on the draw, or you happen to stick the landing on your jump and land on top of the bat or go over him, he hits you and it either does damage or it knocks you down into the pit and you fucking die. It's such, that shit drives me crazy. And this is far from the only game that does it. But in my, uh, I've been playing platformers for 35 years. All right. If you were to ask me for advice on first person shooters or sports games or fucking 
RPGs or I, I don't know what's fucking what's one of the other genres fucking action I don't know whatever it doesn't matter if you were to ask me of my advice on how to make a good version of just about any other type of game I would probably be like oh like I'm an idiot I don't know just like I'll just I just want to play I don't fucking know but platformers I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a platformy like I'm a like a foodie but like with platformers I'm a, I'm a platforming snob and it's a big fucking turn off to me and I'm telling you right now and you can argue with me if you want but I don't care a lot of the best platformers don't rely on those cheap fucking deaths and when I say those best platformers I'm talking obviously Mario I'm talking Donkey Kong I'm talking Mega Man I don't think relies too much on cheap deaths uh I would even go as far as to say Sonic doesn't rely on cheap deaths Still, I still think it's a better platformer, but I don't think Sonic relies as much on cheap fucking deaths. Then you get into games like Castlevania, and games like Ninja Gaiden, and games like fucking Castle of Illusion star Mickey Mouse. And I may be the first person in the history of video games to put Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse in the same breath as Castlevania and fucking Ninja Gaiden. But there is just a few instances where they really rely on cheap garbage deaths, and the only way you'd fucking know it's there is to play it. And it just, that shit drives me fucking insane so it doesn't do it a ton this is not that difficult of game but there are moments where they throw some of that crap at you and that kind of pisses me off too um and i don't i guess really like the only other gripe i have with this game before i get into the positives is i hate the library level and i'll i'll get more to that when i talk about the lot the levels uh because there's only five to fucking talk about uh, i hate the library level um but other than that, like, I don't have a lot of other complaints. I'm not going to pan the game for being easy. I'm not going to pan the game for being short. They know who their fucking demographic was. Frankly, I think that the the design of this game and the way that they made this game easy was a better decision than, like, the way they designed the Lion King. And I'm not dunking on the Lion King. I know, by the way, I get a lot of messages about that game, and I know a lot of people want us to review the Lion King. And I'm not going to tell you when. I'm just going to say at some point... I promise you, on my dog, at some point we will review The Lion King uh, on this podcast. But like, The Lion King is clearly designed for children. And that game, as a 38-year-old man with 30-plus years of platforming experience, that game just puts me right over a barrel and like, I'm not sitting down afterward. Like, that game fucking wrecks me. And Castle of Illusion doesn't do that. And I think that's a great... That's them reading the room. I have no problem with that. Not every game... I feel like we kind of forget this by today, like, you know, because we play these giant cinematic experiences and we play games like the Souls games and, and stuff like that. We play these really tough games and we play these really fucking incredible looking games that are like playing movies and stuff. And like, there's something to be said for just picking up a classic controller and just playing a cartoon looking game that's not really that hard, that's not going to stress you out, that you're probably just going to beat in a couple hours. And like, I... I give it bonus points for that because I think that's exactly what the demographic that they were looking for was. And I think this game does easy better than other games that are like Kirby's Dreamland. I've ranted. We just talked about that one on the show. I don't remember a while ago now, but anyway, uh, like that game is too easy. It's, it's boringly easy. It's fine. It's a good game, but it's like frustratingly, stupidly simple. This game isn't that. I don't think... I think if you're decent with platformers, you can beat this game in a few... I think it, I think it took me two sittings to beat this game. Uh, I think. Maybe three, but I think two. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone, like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but 
Kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That could be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac and every 15 minutes on the clock they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a crash plan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Like maybe four or five hours tops, like playtime. Like if I had rented this game, I would have beat it in a day and been done with it. But like, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes it's nice to just have like that little, it's a, it's like a siesta. It's like a nice little break. So, uh, I think that the, I think frankly, it's, it's simplicity is uh, a positive. I think it's a perk to this game. Like I said too, I think the game looks great. I think the music is, is pretty good. I, I don't love the music listening back to it to get a couple of songs for this podcast. I was like, this, this is not the best soundtrack on the Sega Genesis. I don't think this game does any one thing better than any of the games I've played on the Sega Genesis. I already told you guys, like to me, like the my Mount Rushmore of the Sega Genesis is Toe and Earl, Gunstar Heroes, uh, Oh, it's the Streets of Rage 2 and probably Shining Force. Those are probably my four favorite Genesis games. And I wouldn't put this game ahead of any of them. But it just does like everything it needs to do just fine. It's just a great, like to use a hockey analogy, it's a great like second liner, second pairing. It's a great backup running back. I don't know what the analogy would be in fucking basketball because I don't know much about basketball. It's a great relief pitcher in baseball. It's just a solid little addition to the library. And uh, I had a lot of fun playing it. Um... I dude for the record I know that I'm I don't know how far I'm into this now about 20 minutes uh if this goes down as the worst episode of remember the game ever uh don't blame me blame Benadryl all right and blame the grass and the Paul I will say like I can breathe again so the Benadryl is fucking working but I'm sitting here and I'm like oh holy fuck I feel fucking great man you're all just beautiful right now um god this is a shitty pot like we bottomed out right before episode 200. Where was I going here? Right. So you can, one other thing, like you so you can jump on enemies in this game and it's got kind of a weird mechanic because you can't just jump in the air and land on enemies. You jump in the air and then when you're in the air, you need to press jump again. And it's like when you push it the second time, I don't know like if Mickey like just 
sticks his ass out. I don't know what exactly it is that he does. But when you push it the second time, that's when you go from just jumping to like, yeah, throwing the junk in Mickey's trunk at enemies and like bouncing off of them and catching some air and stuff like that. And it, I found it actually a little bit, not like excruciatingly difficult to wrap my head around, but I did find it a little tricky to get a, a feeling for it. And I've, you know, cause I'm used to being able to just jump on enemies or you play a game like DuckTales where you have to jump and then I think you hold down to put his uh, cane down and stuff like that. This one, you just need to remember to hit jump again. And it, I don't know why I struggled with getting over that mental block of it, but once I got a hang of it, then I was laughing. I was steamrolling enemies. You can also throw items at enemies and like some levels you pick up like balls and some levels you pick up apples and they are like a projectile. Uh, and at first when I went into fighting the, the bosses, I was like whipping these things at them and just peppering them with them. Um, but for the most part, I actually found the bosses easier to kill by just jumping on them. So I actually just used the projectiles to basically deal with either the cheap enemies, like those fucking bats that I was talking about where you jump and they come flying in and fucking catch you off guard. Or there's other levels like the toys. Uh, it's not toy story. I want to say toy story, Toyland or whatever the fuck it is. It's like you're in a giant toy box. And there's these fucking like clowns that are on unicycles and they come at you and you, you hit them once. Uh, and if you hit them with a projectile, then their unicycle just takes off after you. And that's what I was using my apples and my ball and my balls. <laughs> that's what I was using my apples and my balls to deal with was just whipping these things, you know, whipping projectiles at these fucking piece of shit, cheap enemies that were coming in out of nowhere, uh, and kind of tripping me up. So like, that's really your only mechanic. So there's no other power ups that I know of. You can pick up items that'll give you back some health. You can pick up items that'll give you some extra lives and things like that. But like you basically, you pick up a limited number of projectiles. You can jump on enemies. There's no uh, like, you know, mushroom. There's no cape. There's no star. I don't think there was a way to get invincible or anything. If there was, maybe I just never found one. Um, very, very simple. <sighs> Fuck. I feel like this is a terrible. I'm going to grind through it. I'm going to get this fucking episode done. I have tried so many times to get this episode done. I'm not giving up. I'm running out of shit to say, and I'm like 20 minutes in. So this might end up going down as one of the shortest game chats in the history of the podcast, but there's just not much there. Uh, I will break down the levels quickly. The first level, you're in like a forest, and it's really, really easy. It's the first level of the game. It's simple. And then you fight this like giant tree, uh, kind of like the tree in Kirby, uh, the, the crappy uh, blowing tree, except this tree like a log rolls along the ground at you and you just have to jump over it. And then when it goes back into the tree, um, it knocks a couple of apples down or whatever it is. You have to dodge a couple of apples. That's it. It's really, really simple. It's, it's, it's Kirby. It's, it's Kirby level of difficulty. The second level you're in this like diet, giant toy land is like giant toy box. And I will say the level itself gets a little bit trickier because there's a little bit of, there's not really like alternate paths that you can take. I don't think, but there, it's a much bigger level. You're doing a lot of climbing, and sliding around and there's some hidden blocks that you can blow up and the enemies start to get tougher and it employs the classic strategy of where you can touch up and down arrows and reverse gravity uh which i love in any game i fucking love that mechanic when you touch that arrow and then all the enemies like swing up and they're walking on the ceiling as as are you or you know vice versa i fucking love that mechanic uh so the second level does that and then you fight this like jack-in-the-box that shoots punching gloves or throws springs at you after it tries to punch you and uh, that one killed me a couple of times. Every boss in this game, once you figure out the pattern, uh, really simple. But that one fucked me up a couple of times. That one kind of fucking pissed me off. Um, the third level, you're in the... It's like a storm. And I thought this level was kind of neat because you're you're running along the top of the... It's like you're in like a 
it almost looked kind of like super ghouls and ghosts where you're running along the the cliffs with grass on them but there's like lightning and stuff behind you and there's some water underneath and things um but there's a half a dozen different holes that you can drop into and you just have to figure out the right hole that'll shoot you through to the to the end of that section of the level and once you know which hole it is literally that level is like fucking like 20 seconds but that's the one that then takes you into the temple and the temple makes up for the simplicity of the first part because that's the part where those fucking bats are flying at you while you're trying to jump over that giant pit or you're running along the bottom of the temple and there's like the rushing water coming that fucking water can eat my ass fuck that oh my god that water killed me more than anything in this game until i figured out just jump and you'll go faster than if you fucking walk because mickey can't run I don't know why. Maybe he has asthma or something, but he can't fucking run. Drives me insane. Uh, and then the boss for that level is just like this weird, like, um, I don't know what it is. I guess it's like a totem pole or something. Maybe it's like a giant rock statue thing. And these like little frogs come out of it. And I actually found that this was like the easiest boss in the game to cheese. You just stand at the back of the screen. The frogs come down, they jump once and then they land right in front of you. You can jump in the air, land on them. You only need to hit each of them once. And there's like five of them. And you just hit them once, 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 once they're gone. You beat the level. That's easy. But then the fourth level is, um, or is that the third level again? I don't, it doesn't matter. Maybe there's like, I, sorry, I'm high and it's been a while, but like there's a level where it's like a, a library and I fucking hate that goddamn level because that is one with multiple paths and there's like teacups that you can go into that take you to like little secret areas and there's these fucking letter A's that just like literally the letter A, these bright red A's that just roll around on the ground and you can't hit them with your fucking projectiles and jumping on them is a nightmare because they move 10 times faster than Mickey because they can fucking run. Of course a letter A can run but a mouse walking on its hind legs fucking can't. Um, those, oh fuck I hate those A's. Uh, I played that level fuck me over for quite a long time. But you also like you play that level and there's just there's like two or three crystals in it. And it's like you're supposed to get a crystal every level. These gems that you have to get to get Mickey to get Minnie back. And in one level, and again, I think it's the library level, you get like two or three in this level. Yes, yes, it is. Because the library ends up taking you to like the fucking candy land where you fight this dragon or whatever. But you end up getting like a couple of gems in this library without even having to fight a boss. And I found that disappointing because I was like, as much as I hate a shitty boss fight, I love boss fights that are done well. And I thought that the game... Like, it, it almost felt like they, they forgot that they had said there were, like, seven gems or whatever the fuck it was, and they finished the game, and then they were like, oh, fuck, we only have five levels for seven gems. They're like, ah, just toss a couple of them into the library or fucking whatever. So I was a little disappointed with that. But you go through there, and then eventually you end up in this, like, it's like a candy land, and you have to fight this bright red dragon that kind of looks like he's made out of licorice. And he might seem cheap, but same thing. is Once you learn a pattern, super quick and painless. Uh, and then the final level of the game is actually, like, the castle itself. You go to this fucking castle, and I will say the castle is bullshit. There's a lot of cheap deaths in there. There's these fucking knights that, like, sometimes swing their axes and sometimes don't. There's these falling things, like these big spike blocks that are on chains that fall down from the ceiling when you trigger them, but sometimes you can't trigger them until you get really close, and it's not the most precise game in the world, so sometimes you're just trying to trigger it, but then it comes down and fucking hits you, and it takes away, like, two-fifths of your health in one hit, and then there's nowhere to get more fucking health, and then these stupid knights keep fucking dropping their axes on you, and it just, ooh, and then there's one, oh, fuck, I'm getting wound up now, there's one part in the castle level where you go down this, like, slippery ramp, and then at the bottom of the slippery ramp, there's a giant pool of, of acid, but you don't, or whatever the fuck, as it's like purple water I, I assume it's acid maybe it's grapes maybe he's allergic to grapes i don't fucking know but like you slide into it and it's not even you don't even take damage it's just an instant death but you would never fucking know it's there until you've played the level and that's the shit that drives me crazy it's so fucking cheap i just 
oh my chaps my ass so much i hated that fucking castle level but then eventually you get through the castle level and then you get to fight this like big lumberjack guy and he's really easy again once you know the pattern and then you have to fight uh miserable fucking that's such a clever name for an enemy too or whatever the fuck it is miserable whatever you fight her and uh i found her really frustrating the first couple of times too but again it's just a matter of figuring out the pattern and then it's a piece of cake and i have no problem with that quite frankly i love retro games where the bosses are all basically pattern reliant and once you know the pattern you can just like impress your friends i don't know how much you're gonna impress your friends uh or that boy or that girl you like by being really good at a mickey mouse video game but if you if there is someone that is impressed by that you might be able to impress them and i love that the, the, that whole mechanic of just figuring out the pattern and then bada bing bada boom like i feel like with one or two more runs of practice i could beat this game without dying once uh i'll probably never play it again but if i wanted to i could you only have two continues uh you do get constant lives by getting more points which is fucking rad but you only have two continues or maybe three i don't remember you'll you have a limited number of continues and uh it's only five levels, but it can be just a little bit. Nah, you know, never mind. I was going to say it can be a little bit frustrating when you get to like the fifth level and you're pretty far into it. Then you run out of your continues. But like, that's just classic. I think, I think sometimes modern games have made us soft with the constant checkpoints and the endless lives and things like that. Like I'm all for games not having lives these days. Like Celeste, for example, is a great modern platformer. It is tough as tits. You're gonna die literally hundreds and hundreds of times. But all it, it doesn't there's infinite lives. It's just gonna tell you how many times you died. I like that system. That said, there is something to be like if Mickey Mouse, the Castle of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse. I want to say Mickey Mouse in the Castle of Illusion, but it's Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. If this game had infinite lives. I think it would break it. I think it'd be too easy. It would be frustratingly easy. At least, like, I get a game over, and I'm like, fucking, it only took me half an hour to fucking get this. Like, I got to the second last level of the game, and then I got a game over. I'll take one more shot at it. I I think the lives play. So I was going to dunk on the lives system in this game and the continue system, because there's no passwords or anything. Um, but I don't have a problem with it. It's a short game. It works. Uh, and then, yeah, eventually you beat uh, Ms. Rebel, and then you rescue Minnie, and then they go back to their, going for a romp in the hay, and that's, uh, that's the whole game. I seriously, I don't know what else to say about it. I really, I I sure hope that people didn't hate this episode. I know I'm alone. I know I sound a little bit more rambly than normal because I am. But like, again, like I said, this this is this is you know when you order chicken wings at the pub and you get that one wing with just you're like this this chicken was very malnourished. There is not a lot of meat on this wing. That's what this game is. It's still a chicken wing. You know, it still has the sweet sauce and you still suck yeah, but it's just you're like I could really that was a disappointing I wanted more chicken. That's the biggest problem with Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse is you want more chicken. That's that's what it comes down. That's the issue here. Uh but no, I'm I admittedly I'm a little shocked it won the Patreon poll as handedly as it did. Because it was up against other, uh, like big IP centric video games like SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom. It was up against the Warriors. It was up against Scooby Doo, Night of a Hundred Frights, which are all games that I know people have been asking us to cover. I think I hear about all three of those games more than I hear about Mickey Mouse, uh, Castle of Illusion. Um, but this one won the poll like without even really being that close. And I am a little bit surprised, but at the same time, I'm like, nah. You know what? If I feel like I'm not in a spot to say what the cornerstones of the Genesis library should be because I don't know the Genesis library that well. And if all you Genesites feel like this is one of your cornerstones, then I'm glad that I experienced, this is your culture, and I'm glad I experienced part of your culture. I think you have much better to offer than Castle of Illusion star and Mickey Mouse, personally. 
but it was okay. It was not the worst video game I've ever played. It's no Bubsy, but it wasn't that bad. Uh, if I had to score Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse, I think there's seven. Uh, I think there was seven gems. It's either seven or eight, but I think it's seven. So we're going to score it out of seven. Uh, if I had to score this game out of seven, I'm torn because I feel like four four is too low because it's not a bad game. And I feel like four out of seven makes it sound like a bad game. But I feel like five is maybe a little too high because I don't think it's in the same class as some of the better Genesis offerings. So I'll cut a diamond in the middle. I think you can cut diamonds in half. So I'm going to give it a four and a half out of seven. I think it's it was, it was, I'm glad I played it, but I don't really have any urge to ever go back to it and play it again. Uh, if you've never played it, it is available on the Sega Genesis Mini. I recommend giving it a spin. Uh, I think there's a remastered version of it out. Don't quote me on that, though. I'm not up to date on my... I I really don't care for Mickey Mouse. Just, I think I've said it already, but I'm just putting it out there one more time. I don't I don't care for that. I, he's a little perv. I don't like him. So, except South Park. Oh, oh, South Park Mickey Mouse is where it's fucking at. But Mickey Mickey Mouse kind of fucking sucks. Um... So I'm not up to date on my Mickey Mouse lore. I This actually might be the first Mickey Mouse game I've ever played. Yeah. <laughs> like now that I think about it, this might be my first ever... That was my Mickey Mouse cherry. That was my first ever Mickey Mouse game. Neat. So I, I'm not in a hurry to play another one. Uh, I do want to try that other one, that World of Illusion with Donald Duck though, just because I like Donald Duck. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I'll give it like a four and a half out of seven. I thought it was okay. Not the best game I've ever played. Not the worst game I've ever played. Solid uh, support player in the Genesis library. And we'll go with that. So here's what's going to happen now. Because I'm just by myself this week. I'm going to bring up the Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusion music. And then I'll let it play for like 20 seconds. And then I'm going to come back in. Thank me for being my guest. Shout out a bunch of Patreons. And then I'm going to go kiss the sky. Thanks to my Benadryl. All right. So all right. I'll say thanks. But I'm going to thank you again in a minute. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Me, thank you so much for joining me and talking Castle of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse and every single one of you geeks right now. Whether this was your first Remember the Game, maybe your 199th Remember the Game. Thank you so much for the support. Unless something goes catastrophically wrong or I said something that I don't remember saying and I got myself canceled in this episode, we're seven days away from the big episode two. 100, which will be all about Final Fantasy Tactics, and I guarantee you it'll be a lot meatier than this episode. It's going to be a big fucking episode. Uh, but that's then. This is now. Thank you so much for listening. If you didn't hate the episode, maybe leave us a nice review on your review service of choice. I, I read all the reviews, and sometimes they make me feel good about myself. A little bit of a, you know self-esteem, a little bit of a pick-me-up. And uh, if you're like, man, this guy's voice is just the most... What's a good term? sultry sultry yeah all right i'll go with that sure why not i was gonna say savory but that's food that's not a voice anyway if you don't hate the tone of my voice and you'd like to listen to more of it maybe consider throwing a couple bucks at us over on patreon i will uh oh no never mind there's still like a week left in the month i usually warn people don't sign up the day before the end of the month but there's still like a week left so whatever uh for just two bucks a month you can get over 200 extra podcasts plus two additional episodes every week right into your phone or whatever it is your eight track player wherever it is you're listening to this uh yeah 
and it helps me. It supports the show, and we donate 5% of our take every month to the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton. So it literally is just, there's no good reason. What else are you going to spend two bucks on? Like a shitty cup of, like, fucking Tim Hortons coffee? or, or Dude, Wendy's coffee is the worst. We just got Wendy's breakfast here in Canada, and their coffee is just, their breakfast is great, but their coffee is poison. It should be fucking illegal. That shit is terrible. So don't spend two bucks on a cup of Wendy's coffee, and you can just... Make your own fucking coffee and spend the two bucks on 200 extra podcasts. Um, what else do I usually plug at this point? No, I think that's it. That's good enough. I'm just going to get out of here. I'm going to thank some Patreons and I'm going to go have a nap, uh, a Benadryl induced nap. So thank you so much, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow for all our patrons with expansion pass number 112, which will be our biggest gaming disappointments. I'll be back on Friday with game patch 91 either 90 or 91.0 where we look at all the biggest news in gaming and I'll be back next week with a whole nother juicy slab of podcasts including remember the game number 200 Final Fantasy Tactics thank you for helping us get here everybody I really appreciate the love and support you're all the best minus one of you and you know who you are thanks again I'll talk to you on the next one cheers later goodbye Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I puke up every week without all of your support. The following people... So, no, you know what? I'm not going to erase this. I was going to erase that, but I've been trying to get this done forever. We're just going to power through. The following people are supporting us at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. So I'm going to take a moment to fuck up a bunch of their names and thank them all personally. A huge thank you too. This is going to get ugly, I think. Makeshift Mallow Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre Keegs and his stupid fucking arrow handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan, The Good Enough Gamer on YouTube, Fraser Burns, Lil Buddy Fufu 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Brandon O'Brien, Aaron Lawson, Matt McLean, Nathan Trombley, A-Town, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, Very Cool Dude, G9PSX, Raging Demon, Wolfgang Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Chris Copland, Doogie, Wolf Magic, 21, Johnny CCDC, Joe LeBlanc, Squints, Titan420, Zonko504, Russell Aldridge, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, Game Nomad Misi, Daniel, Tunable Power, Tom Danks, Sean Woodruff, Just a Fish, Noop Q, Super Dad Bros Podcast, Enzalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Ballsack Teabagger, Chris Dickin, Umtakar, Matthew D'Amico, FrostyFeet492, Chris Larkin, Austin Cook, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Dockabai, Ray San Wontongo, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, if I, if laser, no, Steve, you can't just add shit to your fucking name now, and it's just gonna screw up my shoutouts even more. Steve Dalk, if lasers, or whatever, Steve, fucking Steve, Phil McCracken, Trav H, Mizuru, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Riley Turvey, Jake Carter, C-Spin, Thomas Smith, Nicola, Munch Makuchi, Leroy Westrich, Dark Squall, Jerry the 3D Printed Sawstrich, Evolva, Sean Ramos, Boston Porksword, DB Cooper, Gust of Wind, Stud Still Smash, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Solid Rake, Brant Hewitt, Gabe, Dan Fuselman, Aaron Mitson, Decoy Man, John Jameson, Wyatt the Surgeon Who's Not Actually a Surgeon Row, Tyler Nightmare, Dixon Sider, Benjamin Swiller, Creature Club, My or Pet My Peeve Podcast, Tristan Teen the Great, Hegel Waffle, Esteban Navarro, Kayach, Jimothy, Josh Stone, Chris Williams, Evil Skywalker, Nicole Novak, Cody Richardson, General Fury, Salty by Design, Jason Workman, Dem Boys on the Roof, Oh What the Fuck, LOL, The Jamedian Nightmare, Matt Hamilton, James Black, Sam Carpenter, Nerdy Hybrid, Tug Jones, Adam Fletcher, Colin Bollinger, Justified01, Lucas Charleston, You Lick My Butt, IR Jackal, Thrand, and... 
is Isaias. I think, fuck, I screwed up a whole bunch of those, I'm sure. Uh, but we made it. Thank you so much for the support, everybody. You're all the best. Even if I can't say your names, Purple Monkey Dishwasher, baby.